Nemu of the Nile. Horus was the last of the great gods to reign as pharaoh in Egypt, and when he had left the earth to ride across the sky with Ra in the boat of the sun, or visit his father Osiris in Oduat, the land of the dead, mortal men ruled in his place. Every pharaoh was, in spirit at least, the actual child of a god, and was worshipped by his people as a god himself, and credited with divine powers, even if sometimes he made mistakes like an ordinary mortal. In the very early days of historical Egypt, the upper kingdom and the lower kingdom were separate, and often at war with each other. And from this fact may have grown up the myths of the battles between Set and Horus. About the year 32,000, however, or 3200, however, Pharaoh Menes united the two lands and combined the two sacred crowns into one shent, or double crown, worn by all kings of Egypt, down to the days of Cleopatra. As every pharaoh was thought of as a god, many stories grew up about their dealing with the gods, and one of the earliest concerned the great Zoser, who lived about five hundred years after Menes, had united the two lands. It was Zoser who caused the first great pyramid to be built, the Step Pyramid at Saqqara, on the edge of the desert above Memphis, which stands to this day. His friend and advisor Imhotep, the world's first great architect, designed the pyramid for him, and with it the great mile-long walk round the sanctuary at its foot. And in after days he too was worshipped as a god by the Egyptians. Although Zoser had brought many blessings to the land, the god whom he had striven most to honor was himself, and instead of building temples and shrines to Ra or Thoth or Osiris, he had thought only of making his own great sanctuary and a pyramid. In the tenth year of his reign, the Nile did not rise as usual. The fields by the riverside in Upper Egypt and the wide, flat plains of the Delta in Lower Egypt were not flooded, and left covered with the rich mud which wheat and barley grew so abundantly, and without which they would not grow at all. At first, this did not trouble the people greatly. The Nile was not always kind to them. Sometimes there was a very small inundation indeed, and occasionally the floods rose so high that houses and temples on either side were flooded. And, by the wisdom of Imhotep, Pharaoh had built barns and granaries and stored much grain in case such a bad year should come. These were also known as silos. But when next year the Nile again did not rise when the time of inundation was due, there were some murmurs, and bread was short that winter. In all, there were seven lean years in Egypt, and by the end of the seventh year, starvation was everywhere in the land. No corn grew, the fruits dried up, the cattle grew thin and died of hunger. Every human robbed their neighbor when they could. The strong stole from the weak. Old men and children were left to die. Even the younger grew so weak that they could scarcely put one foot before the other. The temples were shut up, for there was nothing to offer on the altars of the gods. Then the people cried to Pharaoh, the god on earth, to save them. They gathered outside his palace in Memphis, praying him to bring back the yearly inundation and save them all from death. Zoser was in despair, for 
God though he knew himself to be, he could not cause the Nile to rise, and all his prayers and incantations and sacrifices to the nine gods of Memphis were of no avail. In despair he sent for Imhotep, the wise. Imhotep, who, men said, must be the son of Ptah himself, Ptah the architect of the gods, whose shrine was at Memphis, and said to him, Tell me what to do. Where is the secret birthplace of the Nile? Which god directs to the flood? To what god must I turn? Then Imhotep the wise said, O Pharaoh, life health, strength be to you. I cannot answer this out of my own wisdom, but let me journey to Thebes to seek guidance from Thoth, in whom all is knowledge. In the house of life at Thebes are stored the sacred books called the Souls of Ra. It may be that Thoth, the god of wisdom, will guide me and show me an answer to your question written therein. So Imhotep journeyed with all haste up the Nile to Thebes, and Thoth granted his prayer, so that before long he was able to return in triumph to Zosar, before whom he fell down in worship, saying, O Pharaoh, life, health, strength be to you. Thoth has shown me all and instructed me in the his hidden wisdom of our ancestors and the spells of the magicians who wrote in ancient days about the inundations of the Nile. Hearken to their wisdom, O Pharaoh. There lies the Nile far to the south, an island. There lies in the Nile, far to the south, an island, which shall one day stand a great temple and famous city. The island is called Elephantine, and it is the beginning of the beginning, for it was the first mound of dry land to rise out of the waters of Nunnamun Ra called the world into being, and on it he stood when he spoke the words of power and the first name that made all things. There is a cave beneath the rock on which Elephantine is raised above the waters of the Nile, which flow on either side. It is called the Fountain of Life. It is also called the Two Caverns, since it has two narrow mouths leading out beneath the surface of the Nile on either side. This is the mother that feeds all Egypt. The cave is the couch of the Nile. This is the birthplace of the river of Egypt. Here each year he retires and is reborn in strength. Hence he rushes out through the two caverns and floods all the land, so that his waters rise forty feet in height at Elephantine, and to ten where they draw near the great green sea. The god who dwells there is Knemu. You have neglected him too long, and so have all the people of Egypt. When Imhotep had finished speaking, Zosar was glad, rejoicing that he had learned the secrets of Knemu, god of the Nile. Yet he was still perplexed as to how he might win the favor of Knemu and bring the inundation once more to Egypt. So he spent the night in prayer and incantation in the great temple of Memphis, and in the darkness before the dawn, Knemu appeared to him, wearing the likeness of a tall man with a ram's head, whose curling golden horns shone until the darkness of the shrine glowed as with molten fire. Know you who, for a little season, dwell on earth as the pharaoh of Egypt. I am Knemu, the fashioner, cried the god. I guide the Nile and cause it to rise in the fountain of life and gush out through the two caverns beneath my sacred island of Elephantine. When I lead the Nile over the fields of Egypt, I give life to the corn, both barley and wheat grow rich and plentiful. There is spelt and emmer in abundance. The vines and the fruit trees also flourish. The grapes grow round and juicy to make the rich wines of Tanis and Mariotas. The figs and the mulberries, the dates and the pomegranates grow large and sweet. The flowers bloom in the gardens and by the sacred 
pools of gods, lotus and chrysanthemum, cornflower and mandrake. With my waters I bring life to men and women. By my power I fashion the shape of each, even before their birth. But you have neglected the gods, and me you have not honoured at all. Therefore the Nile has not risen, and there have been seven lean years in Egypt. Bring back to the gods the honour and worship which is their due, and build for me such a temple as should rightly be mine, and the Nile will rise once more. It will pour forth for you year after year, and nor ever cease to water and fertilise the fields of Egypt. Plants will grow, bent down by the weight of their fruits. Renet, the goddess of the harvest, the lady of the double granary, will smile upon you as your fields grow golden with a ripening corn, and as you reap it and beat out the fat grains of wheat and barley on your threshing floors. There shall be no more years of starvation, and the granaries will never again be empty. Egypt will be a land of plenty, and the hearts of your people shall be happier than ever before. When morning came, Zosor ordered the royal barge to be made ready, bade Imhotep attend him, and set out in state up the Nile. Day and night his rowers bent to the oars, and oft-times the gentle breezes from the north filled the silken sails and helped him on his way. Past Thebes he went, and yet further to the south, beyond Edfu, where Horus had slain Set, beyond Nubit, which we call Kom Ombo where stands the temple of Hamarchus and of Subhek, the crocodile god, until he came to the island of Elephantine that rises out of the Nile, a little below Philae and the first cataract. And when he stood upon the high summit of sacred Elephantine, Pharaoh Zoser uttered his decree, Let there be built here such a temple as we never before seen in Egypt. Let Imhotep the great architect lavish all his skill upon it, nor spare my treasuries to make it richer than any other temple. And when it is built, let it be the shrine and dwelling place of Knemu forever. Moreover, the land on either side of the river, on the east and on the west, for many leagues, even from here to the neighborhood of Nubit, shall belong forever to Knemu, the good god who loves Egypt, and the wealth of the harvest gathered from his lands shall be offered to him and bring treasure to his temple so long as there is a pharaoh in Egypt to guard the shrine of Knemu on the sacred island of Elephantine. Imhotep set to work to draw out the plans of the temple, and when mid-June of that year came, the Nile began to rise and the waters rush out of the two caverns until the whole land of Egypt was blessed with a great and fertile inundation. When the temple was built, Imhotep cut the smooth rock where it fell sheer into the river on the eastern side and marked it so that men might tell ever afterwards how high the Nile rose each year and give thanks to Knemu accordingly, or make great, greater sacrifices to him if the river were lower than usual. And this Nilometer is still there, though the temple of Knemu is now but a heap of ruins. But whenever Knemu was neglected, the inundation was small, and it was said that when men humans ceased to honor Kenemu and sought to cultivate the land of Egypt without Kenemu's aid, great misfortune would fall upon Egypt.